Welcome to the Hardy Mom Podcast. Your health challenged, girl, I get it. Feeling anxious, depressed, don't you sweat it. If you want to stop the medicalization of children, you cannot come to the argument with one part of society. Because if you come to the argument with one part of society, you leave it open for the bigot word to come in. When the bigot word comes in, it blows apart. But if you, and you see it on the website too, here's a transgender person, here's a gay person, here's a feminist, here's a conservative, here's a liberal, here's a Democrat, and, and so on down the road. And then you say, we have the whole circle around. It's one of the reasons why I say medical transitioning is not for kids, sincerely everyone. Because when you have that whole circle around, there is no hole for that bigotry word to come in. When you remove that hole for bigotry, you have 10. When you have 10 minutes to talk to somebody on a neutral basis without the word bigotry, no one comes away from it thinking that medically transitioning kids is about love and about acceptance. Welcome to the Hardy Mom Podcast. I'm Jen Hardy. And today's episode has a trigger warning because chances are when you listen to this episode, you're going to have feelings about it. I'm presenting Scott Nugent's story because it's an important one as our society moves forward making decisions, permanent decisions, about the future of our children. Scott and those who have medically transitioned are the only ones who can tell the rest of us what medical transition truly is, what the long-term effects are, and how it could impact our children long-term. If you have medical questions, please refer to your medical professionals. If you want to hear the full unedited version of this episode, please see the link in the show notes or on the Hardy Mom website, hardymom.com. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time, especially on Father's Day, to, to talk to me. Share what's been going on with you. Thank you. So... Can you tell me about how your health was about 15 years ago? How my health was 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, I that question. Fine, healthy. Like no chronic illnesses, no whatever. But today you are not healthy. No. Do you, can you walk me through how that happened? Well, I have a, because I, I had the bottom surgery phalloplasty. And a lot of people don't realize that the, one of the complications of that surgery is what's called reoccurring bladder infections. They haven't, they haven't perfected it. They don't know why it's happening, how to prevent it, why some people get it, why some people don't get it. it it's completely, you know, experiment. You can't sue them for it because it's like, we don't know what the f- is going to happen with that. But a lot of people get what's called reoccurring bacteria infections, which means they, they, they redo your whole urinary tract or your whole urethra, sorry. And because of that, it, it agitates things. Now I had a dip of a, of a surgeon that I didn't know that, you know, had nine medical malpractice cases. And that's my opinion that I can have my own opinion. He is dip as far as I'm concerned. Most people that know him think that, but he was in California, he had nine medical malpractice cases against him in San Francisco. He was banned from surgery in San Francisco. So he moves to Texas where Texas has a tort reform act, which means that if you bring medical malpractice cases 
and they are experimental procedures before you can even submit them. The judge is going to go, okay, where's the baseline for care? And then the attorney that brings them goes, ah, there's no baseline for care. And the judge goes, okay, great. Create that. Well, that's like $10 million to do so. So we have all the surgeons going to, to places that have tort reform act, like Florida and Dallas. I mean, Florida and Texas. Now, Texas is the main hub for medically transitioning children. And the reason why is because of that. And then also we have governors like, you know, Abbott, did you hear him say a couple of months ago that medically transitioning kids is, is child abuse? Did you hear that? I did hear that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And people don't know in the background, the reason why he did it is because this can't last forever. People are going to want to know why in the, did you let this happen, politicians? And so Abbott gets to go, see, I said it was child abuse. And then nobody else hears all the other stuff, you know? And so we have politicians like that all over the world. I and mean, this is a new trillion dollar industry right now. It's a billion dollar yearly industry. Give it 20 years. It'll be a trillion dollar industry. And the fact is, is that our politicians can be absolutely and completely bought period. End of story. So with my phallioplasty being experimental, what has happened is that I get reoccurring infections. I had reoccurring infections like one after another for about 17 months, just ravaged my body. And nobody could help me. Nobody could help me because trans health is what? Experimental. And I'm just not talking about experimental from, from just these invasive bottom surgeries. No, everything in trans medicine, every that is done within trans medicine is experimental except for top surgeries. That's it. That's it. Synthetic hormones over a long term, experimental. We don't know what's going to happen or where it does. When you have a kid go in, when you go in to medically transition, the conversation I had was, and I was so far up, you know, I was so high on unicorn farts and glitter bombs that, you know, I didn't want to hear anything. But he's, you know, and I think back on that, I go, God, that was really stupid of me where I was sitting and the doctor goes, yeah, well, we'll try on this. You've got to get a lot of, nobody really knows, but we'll that didn't really, again, no poop. And, and that was it. And maybe it's gotten a little bit better, but it still is. It's not, it's not, it's not studied. It's not like you do this and then this happens with it's a biological woman. You do this and this happens. So people don't realize that people don't realize that puberty blockers was invented by a company named Lupron. Now Lupron was deemed a criminal enterprise in 2003 by the U.S. government. Sued, paid to that date the most money that any pharmaceutical has paid, including Oxycontin, to the U.S. government. $874 million. Wrote a check. They, they're the ones that are saying is Lupron and puberty blockers is safe and effective and reversible. The truth is, is that nobody holds our pharmaceutical companies accountable. They know that if they, if they keep saying the same thing over again, regardless of the truth, and they tie it to the LGBTQ, they got a long road that they can, they could pull this out. It's not like they couldn't pull out five or $10 million to do a study on medically transitioning kids. They absolutely can. The problem is that if they would do that, hormone blockers to children would stop immediately. There would be no doctor that would sign on that, none. But getting that across to people is, is, is a nightmare because we've gotten to the point where we're, we're frightened of, of the LGBTQ. doesn't matter what they do. Does, and I'm the rainbow, but it doesn't matter what they do. Medically transitioning kids will be bought. 
here's a flag for this. Here's a flag for that. Here's a flag for this. Here's a flag for that. And society is so, so afraid of the LGBTQ. They're afraid of it. And I'm also irritated at, at gay and lesbian adults because we know this on a, on a bigger, on a bigger scale, but we just sit back because it doesn't affect our lives. So we've got, you know, kids being butchered, adults being taken advantage of all this kind of stuff, you know, and nobody wants to say anything. And then we have dip politicians like Biden, who last week, I don't know if you know this or not, Biden says that, hey, we need to medically transition kids younger, faster, and we need to include surgeries. As of last week, you, know, you got to do it. And here's the kicker. We're doing it because we think that the kids are going to kill themselves, right? Which people don't know that that's total, total that the odds of a child committing suicide, which I was on Fox News last week, there's studies that are coming out that are showing that, that states that, that hold back medically transitioning children have less suicides with these kids than, than the place that's pushing them. And so we're, we're pushing this. We've got a dip president that has no clue what's going on about this at all. I don't know any of the policies because I really don't care about politics. But as far as this, he is about the dumbest I've ever met in my entire life. Or he can be bought or he's that stupid that he believes things or he doesn't have a spine and go, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. Either way, he, he shouldn't be leading a conga line compared to a country. Sorry. We have these politicians that, that are so frightened of the LGBTQ that you can't say anything negative. It doesn't matter what it's negative about or, you know, it's hard. We can't go, hey, you know what, Abbott? You just took $2.4 million. That was just last year from gender clinics. Texas is the biggest worldwide state for medically transitioning children. You just said that it was child abuse. So how does that add up to you? At what point are you going to say, yeah, I would have had more respect for Abbott as an evangelical standing up saying that, you know what? I'm a Christian in my belief in evangelical homosexuality is wrong. Gender, no, no God does not make anybody wrong. I'm not signing on this. I don't care how much money you give me. I don't care if, if you, you know, take me to the public place and just slip my whatever. I don't care. I am not going to turn my back for my, my belief, but that's not true. That's not true. And so I think people are, people are caught off guard by me because I have lost everything I have ever worked for. Everything. I don't think people realize who I was and I lost everything. I am 49 years old. I don't even have a car. I can't even afford a car. And the reason why I can't afford a car is because I work at a job where I make $15 an hour at home because I know that I can't go back into business sales. I've ruined it for myself. I can't go back into business sales. I could if I stopped doing this for a couple of years, just kind of, but I can't. So I can't make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which I'm used to. I made $27,000 last year. I can't afford a car and I'm trying to scream to save your kids and, and people aren't listening. I mean, the documentary came out. There's no person on the face of the earth that can watch that document documentary and say, yep, this is all sanity. You can't, you cannot. And so for me, maybe 
losing everything has given me the idea that you don't like me. Okay. You're going to talk about me. Okay. What? You're not going to hire me. Oh, okay. What? You're going to ruin my reputation for what? I have a death sentence. Pretty soon, you know, antibiotics are not going to work. They're not going to work. Now, some people live a long time. Some people don't when you have recurring bacteria infections. So what do I got to lose? Nothing. And so for me, when we start talking about medically transitioning children, you start talking about, you know, my health and stuff. Yeah, my health is, is terrible. You know, I, I get infections, get bloated, unbloated. I mean, I had one during the, the, the interview with what is a woman. I look like hell. I don't look well. You can see that. You can see it. And, and there's tons of people just like me that just don't have the strength to say anything because they don't want to lose everything. Well, fortunately I did. I did. You know, I'm 50 years old. I don't have a car. I make $15 an hour. You know, I can't afford to put my kids through college. Everything that I ever worked for, strive for, for my life, my kids are paying for. My kids are paying for, you know, be trying to save yours. And then I have a, you know, an organization that you know, we're, we're up against pharmaceutical companies. People sit back and they say, this is wrong. Well, I say, you're right, it's wrong. So what are you doing? Well, I can't do anything because you know what? My kid, I, I, you know, I can't do this. I can't say that. I can't, you know, and then people say, I want to volunteer. Really? I call it. Well, I've got five minutes next Tuesday. What? So it makes, it, it makes me angry. You know, everything that I'm, I'm giving up on top of the PTSD and everything and on top of, you know, Abbott and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I've gotten 8,000 emails, which are really, really, I mean, they're all so, so awesome. But, you know, I'll be, I'll be unpolitically correct here too. Thanks for the email. What the f else are you going to do? Does that make you feel better? Thank you. I feel better. They're still butchering kids. And I said this on, on Fox News, and I, and I really, really, really mean this. When parents know what the medical industry has been doing, the politicians that are being bought, the experimental nature of this, when all of this comes out, because it will, medically transitioning children will not sustain itself. It's just how long it will sustain, how many people it hurts until it's stopped. When that happens, I ultimately 1000% believe we will have rioting. There will be parents that it's, are attacking doctors. I mean, this is going to be like 1960s and people think it's funny. It's going to happen. Underestimate me. So many people do and they just, they go, wow, I should have done that. It's going to happen. And you know what? Those parents have every right. Because I don't have anything against the parents that are medically transitioning their children because they're scared to death. And I also understand that if I hadn't done this, if I had not done this, and one of my children came to me and said that they were transgender with all the stuff that's out right now, I would be one of those parents. And I would hate me. I would think that I was the biggest in the world. And I get that. And I'm okay with that. And I could go on and on and on about stuff. And people don't realize that when I say that we're mutilating children, mind, body, and soul, I mean it. What can people do 
if somebody says, well, okay, if it's not enough to send you and encourage you, you know, like, so what can they do? Because people need to get. What can they do? There's, when I started this organization, I had an idea. Okay. And I, I got like $5,000 donations when I started, by the way. Very open with that kind of stuff. And I wanted to do like a, a speaking tour with other transgender people. So kind of create that, that, that speaking tour. It was during the Carabelle case. And one thing I noticed being in advertising is that every time I Googled something on Carabelle or transitioning, Carabelle's a detransitioner in the UK, it was all unicorn farts and glitter bombs. Google trans and kids in our country, by the way. It's all bought by pharmaceuticals. You know, it's all glitter bombs. And, and of course, people think it's a good idea. They're not getting anything else. Right, right now, the only phase, phrase that we have within this, this whole thing is better than a live daughter than a dead son. And the truth is, that's uncorrect. It's not true. You medically transition your kid who does not, you know, the statistics tell us they would not commit suicide. You're putting them in the highest bracket of suicide of any other society ever by doing that. So, so that, even though, even though that phrase has stunned parents and I, and I think about it from, from my point of view, I mean, if you're in there with your, your 14 year old child, some medical professional says to you, Jim, it's better to have an alive daughter than did something. You're done as, as a parent. I'm emotional. You, you just told me the biggest nightmare that I have that every parent has. And instantly, when you say something like that, visually, I see walking into my kid, you know, with blood on the wall. And I, and I see, I hear the scream inside my head. And everything, every piece of logic, every piece of everything that I know is sucked out of my brain. When can we start? Well, how do we do this? Oh my God, that's God. He's trying to kill my kid. He's trying to kill my kid. I get it. And I think that's why I don't get so offended with people because I get it because I'm a parent. I mean, I've given birth. I had twins. I've got three. I've, I've carried two at once. You know, and so, I mean, I, I understand that, that deer in the headlight look. I do. But, but that's criminal. That phrase is criminal. It's criminal. It's it is. Yeah. I, I got an email, a, a direct message from a, a man. Medically transitioned. It's a new one on me today. And I know a lot. <laughs> he, he showed me a picture of his legs. He took puberty blockers and, and cross-sex hormones when he was a kid. He's got like bumps all over his legs. And I don't, I'm not a medical person. He could be, but he said something about the oxygen being pulled out and that he has chronic blood clots caused by, you know, puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. And I guess when, when Matt Walsh and, and, you know, they came out with the article that, I, that I'm an angry trans man, I am. I'm angry. I'm absolutely angry. I'm angry because we got doctors like Dr. Crane, which, you know, kicked out of, of San Francisco, goes to Texas because Texas is the sewer for experimental procedures for surgeons. They know that bringing a medical malpractice place is close to zero. I, I had eight attorneys tell me no. I mean, I, I, at first they're like, oh my God, this is hands down medical malpractice. Hand, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. Two weeks later, nope, we can't take it. 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 Finally, the last one, I lost it. I'm like, why? And she goes, well, it's experimental. To take the case, we'd have to create a baseline. To create a baseline, it's millions of dollars. Your case is worth a couple. Sorry, you lost everything. But it would cost us about $4 million to take it. You'd win maybe a million and a half, $2 million. Not worth it. Move it on. And then on top of it, you know, if, if a big legal firm does take it on, 
there's unicorn fart bombs, you know, thrown into their things. Glitter, they're running outside. They're being attacked by the glitter fairies, you know, and then society that doesn't know what's going on that reads headlines about, oh, it's a horrible law firm. Their business goes down and they lose everything. So who's, so basically what's happened is nobody really wants to f- do anything. They don't want to risk anything. They don't really want to say anything. You know, unfortunately, I love Matt and what is a woman. I love him. I do. I have absolute up, up, utmost respect for everybody in there. Seriously, I could go on and on about some of the really cool stuff that they did. There's a financial aspect to that. They're making money off that, which I'm happy. Where are the people that are not making money, who are losing money, who are doing it anyway? Who is doing that? You're in this. Tell me one person. Besides me, I know I am. Who else? Well, that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to grow this. We need to, we really do. Because, because people need to know. And like you said, everyone's afraid. Everyone's terrified. You know, I'm afraid to talk to people because I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. But I want... Do it. It stops me. Anyway. So that's, and, which is why I'm talking to you today. Because as, as small of a voice as I have, I love kids, you know? And I don't care if somebody's different and they want to do something different than what whatever, or if my kid has a different plan than what I planned, but I want my kid to be safe and I want my kid to be healthy. And I don't want myself or anyone that I know or anyone that I can influence in any way to make a decision for their child that's going to do the kind of things that happen to you. Another thing, if you could, if you don't mind, because I, I feel like the semantics blur things a little bit, if, for me anyway, because before this interview, you know, I went down all kinds of rabbit holes. And you referred to top surgery and bottom surgery, but I don't. Well, think a I lot need of, to that. Isn't that stupid? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand though, because that sounds like a simple thing. Oh, a top and a bottom. Yeah, Let's just do it, right? But what is a top surgery? So for people that don't understand what that is, but top surgery is is complete mastectomy, gone. On my website, there is there's I became a believer video, and on there, I think it's on there. I don't know. There's a picture of like a 15 year old girl. A 15-year-old girl that had a picture of her mastectomy. Actually, it was done really well, I'd say. I've seen some pretty gnarly ones. Hers was done really well. That's not what concerned me. Well, it concerned me as she was a kid that did it. But the thing that concerned me is if you blow up that picture a little bit, she's a cutter. Not just a little cutter. We're talking scars this big on her shoulder, on her arms. She has cut herself pieces mentally not stable and i'm not the poster child for uh, for sanity i'm not i'm medically transitioned i thought i was born in the wrong body now i'm a couple sandwiches short i'll take that but this is a cutter is a child dealing with adolescence that some looked at that and said two things money I don't give a shit about her. I've got the unicorn farts to save me. Those are the two things that were said. And you can tell me I'm wrong. It doesn't make me wrong. It does not make me wrong. We have the worst surgeons, sewer surgeons, surgeons that could not make it. Dr. Crane had so many medical licenses in different countries or in different states. He moved from California to Texas. You know, these, he has people, read his nine medical malpractice cases. Read them. I dare you to. He's got people that have colostomy bags. He has absolutely mutilated people for life. 
So what about bottom surgery? What is bottom surgery? Bottom surgery is where they, they take a penis and kind of invert it or takes, you know, skin from your arm or your leg or, or different things and, and, and the penis. They're very evasive surgeries and they have a huge, the, the phalloplasty, I don't know much about, about the other one. The phalloplasty has a, a 67% complication rate. We're not talking about complications like, oh, wow, you could have an extra infection. We're talking, you know, infections for life. We're talking about colostomy bags, Reed Simacrane stuff. We're talking about losing limbs. There was a trans man that came on that this poor dude was in the hospital for two months. He had leeches on his private parts, leeches on his private parts because the blood flow was not getting leeches. This guy is so torn up with PTSD. Oh, I can't even. It's horrible. Two months. He said he had leeches falling on the ground in the hospital. And you lose all your genitals, enough the blood flow. This is going to sound like the stupidest question, but I think it's really important. Would you do it again if you had it all to do all over again? And that's that's the kicker. It's a kicker, right? Because it's, it's not a black and white question. If you ask me yes or no, and I had to make a decision, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I wouldn't have done it. Before. But I think as a society, we need to figure out how to accept people outside of, you know, football player, cheerleader. Because there's so many things that go in between. And just because you're an athlete and you're aggressive doesn't mean you're, you're a male or you want to be male or vice versa. Unfortunately, that's what we think. And the trans agenda is actually pushing that, right? So I wouldn't have done it again. But what I would say is that some of the experiences that I got from medically transitioning are priceless. Priceless. You know, for, for, for two years of my life, and I hate to admit this, it was the happiest year two years of my life. It was eating in the back of me that, you know, I'm not really, and I'm deceived and it kind of eats at you, right? But I fit for the first time I fit. And those two years of my life really opened me up to a lot of things. First of all, the people that I thought that I hated, I so love this. And what it did to me, was it made me realize that as a lesbian my entire life, being judged by people, I thought that I hated them because they were hateful people. And I hated those kind of people because they didn't understand them, just like they don't understand us. And so for two years, I, nobody like kind of questioned, went, kind of aggressive for a woman, didn't she? Yeah, I don't like that. Intimidates me. He was kind of like, so what do you think? They were asking me, and I'm like, what do you mean? All that stuff I didn't realize had an effect on me. Those two years were the best years of my life. They were, you know, I used to get high on unicorn farts too. Anytime anybody said something, I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense with that. Is that a gay person that said that? Yeah, I believe them. So now, I mean, even this whole experience, so people always talk to me about, you know, you're the perfect person to talk about this. Maybe I am. I don't know because all the things that happen to me, but I'm no longer getting high on unicorn farts. I don't care. I've lost everything. You don't like me cool. Neither does anybody else next. And so it's put me in the, in the perspective to kind of touch people's hearts where people kind of go, hmm, there's a lot of that way. So would I do it again? The whole question. No, I wouldn't have. No. But the experiences that I got from it has taken me here. And tell me, tell me one person that you know that would speak like I do. Risk everything, already lost everything. I get attacked constantly. 
Yeah, you know, except for those 8,000 emails. I love those, but do something. So do you have some kind of like a, a Patreon or somewhere where people can donate? Is there, a, is there a place? Yeah, it's on my site. I need a manager. If that ever happens, it takes money to, to do this. If I ever get somebody, I'll be gung-ho. Okay, that's good to know. All right, I've, got, I've just got a couple more questions and then I'll let you go because I know you're busy. There was something I was, I was reading about because clearly you don't want this to happen to kids because of all the 67% chance of lifelong problems and suicide and all these other things. But you were talking about somewhere you were in some forum or you were listening to somebody talking and it was a girl who had just started her period. And she was complaining about that because what girl doesn't? I mean, every girl that I ever know, nobody wants to have their period. But that people were trying to tell her that maybe she was, she needed a transition. Yeah, we have a social contagion going. I've shared that with a few people, especially older pe- older women. And they said, well, that can't be right. People can't actually be doing that. We need to separate, we need to change the way that we look at adolescence for girls and the way we look at adolescence for boys. We seem to think that boys and girls are the same and they're not. What I would tell young girls is that if you don't feel horrible, if you are not anxious, if you feel like you fit in, if everything is rosy for you, we need to get you some help because you're up. But, but those, the way you say that, right? The way that you say that affects children. It affects your, it affects your daughters. If you say that to them, because it gives them the, the right to feel bad and why they feel bad. You know, so, so if, if, if a daughter comes, if I had a daughter that, that came to me and said that they were medically transitioned or they were transition trans, I would deal with it much differently because of my experience. What I would say would be, well, no, you feel like you're trans. Who wouldn't? Now, this is horrible. Just to take that away from them a little bit, right? Have I pissed enough people up or do you want to keep going? And I really like the way you, you talk about talking to girls about puberty because you're right. I mean, that's, that's what I told my girls. You know, it is awful. It sucks. What I want to tell parents too is that the children that are medically transitioning, Look at your child. Look at the children that are medically transitioning. They are not the ones that are skipping through daisies. They're not, you know, the Joe quarterbacks or the cheerleaders. They are the kids that have realized they don't fit. They're all the ones that don't get, you know, picked on the football team. They don't get picked to go on the swing set. They're the ones that, you know, don't have everybody come to their birthday party. They're the ones that they're like on the outside, you know, knocking to try to get in. They're all the people that if you've had a child like that, that's the child that you want to circle the most, right? See, you're starting to tear You have that child, right? You know what I'm talking about. So it's all the children that parents know. Badass. Nobody else does. And so before I was that child, and that was the hardest time of my life. It was. It was if somebody told me that we had a cure for that, I would have jumped on that and just been rabid about somebody telling me that I was wrong. And I understand these kids, why they're so, you know, adamant to that. But the fact is, is that that time frame, when they're little, where they don't fit, they learn to make their own music. 
They rock to their own beat. They get a thick skin. And then 18, 19, 20 years old, that hard time becomes a gift, right? And the gift is, is that they don't fit. What was horrible, what was terrible has turned out to be a gift. Now you tell me anybody in society that has ever done anything of consequence. That's it. Elon Musk or whatever his name is. That was his name anyways. That Elon, yeah. Yeah, let's sit down and talk to him. I guarantee you didn't fit. Let's talk about... Einstein. Einstein didn't yeah. fit. And he was brilliant. I mean, his parents were told he was an idiot. They sent him home from school when he was eight. Hillary Clinton, which I don't like. But, I mean, she's gotten... You know, say what you want, I don't like her. But she's achieved a lot of stuff. Yeah. Sit down with her. So what would be... The last two things, the one thing you would say to parents and the one thing you would say to children who are considering medically transitioning. I would want to tell them if there's one thing that they could listen to would be this. If your child says that they're medically transitioned, what would you do, Scott? I would react much differently than how parents are right now, their kids. I'm right. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. It doesn't work. It won't ever work. And the truth is, is that parents don't know if medical transition will help their child or not. It could help them walk through life with ease. The chances are very, very slim. It doesn't cure anything. It's not life-saving. It can add like a breast job, like a facelift, like this, like that. It does no life-saving anything, but it can enhance, right? And there are some women that get, you know, breast augmentations and like, wow, this really made me feel better. It's not life-saving. But I would tell parents to admit that little sliver. It'll lower, lower resistance to children. Then I would challenge them. And I would give them a carrot at the end. And how I would say it is this. You could, it could help you walk through life a little bit easier. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. It's not my choice to make. It's not my decision to make, just like it's not my decision who you're going to marry, what career you're going to go into. It's not my decision. But I also understand that your brain is not fully developed, which means that you can't see around corners. It's the reason why we have a, a year and a half year old that we have to watch around the pool because they think they can swim. Now, seven and eight. If you can't swim, you're not going to jump in and you're actually going to go after that baby. Going, no, 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 no. Don't go in there. It's not because that baby's dumb. It's because their brain has, has developed, right? They're able to see around that corner. And every year of your life, you can see a little bit around the corner, a little bit around the corner, a little bit around the corner. So my job as a parent with a fully developed brain, you know, I'm an idiot, can see a little bit further around those corners. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what's around that corner for you. But what I do know is that you're not, you're not ready to make that decision. And it is a big, big, big decision. How can I make a deal for you? Here's the deal. You're 14 years old. Do the work first. Come up with the pros and the cons of medical transition. And we'll talk about it every, every month. And we will listen to your pros and your cons. Now, if you come without cons on this side of this decision, it tells me you are definitely 
not ready, not mature enough to make that decision because there is no decision that is pro only or con only. So that shows me your imaging. So dig deep, do that work. And when you've done that work and your brain has fully, fully developed, and you decide to do that, me and mom or dad, I will design cheerleader outfits for the whole family. We will have pom-poms as you go down to the adoptive. Yay, yay, yay. Because I'll know that you did the work. That kind of conversation will disarm your child and have them come to you about their questions. Well, I really think that I need to change this. I'm having a hard time right now, mom or dad. Oh, I know. Adolescence sucks. How are we doing on that list? And then you give them a carrot. You know, do the work. You want this? I'll pay for it. When you're 22, 24, I'll buy you a car, house. I'll buy you a plane. I'll care. Whatever. Do a carrot. You know, I'll pay for your entire college until you wait until you're 25 to make this decision. All this. You don't take it away from them. You make them work for it. And what will happen is over time, they'll discover the negatives themselves. And when they do that and you're not doing it, because it doesn't matter if you're saying it to your child, it doesn't matter. If, and we all know that it doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter if you know, and they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They do not hear you. You have to make them dig for it themselves. When you say, you could be the one that benefits from it. And it's true. They could. Don't ever say anything that's not. They kind of go, did you just say I'm not one? And it lowers their resistance to hear you, right? Instead of coming out and like, no, you're not, no, we're not doing that. No, no, I've heard from Sarah and this and that. No, they don't listen, right? And then you come back and tell them what they need to do, how they need to do it, and why. And that's what I would tell parents. It works. It works. Every child that I've talked to has, has de desisted in some point. I just don't. And not all of them have done totally and completely, but they've done the, the jobs. A lot of them have. Most of them have gone. I mean, the emails that I've gone that, oh my God, thank you for talking to me. It's been two years. I can't believe I was thinking that. And I don't know why, but I'm able to do that with kids. I start there. And then that will sift the, you know, 1% that it does help. And so what would you say to kids? It's to a child that said, okay, you know what? This is it. I think I want to do this right now. Of course you do. And they were 14, say. Of course you do. Who wouldn't? I would too. Well, I would say, listen, you know, awesome. I would say just like what the parents do. Awesome. Do the work. What's the percentage of, of, of people that have complications with, with you know, this or that? I would just do that all kind of stuff. Do this kind of stuff. And, and I would say to them, listen, you know, this is a major, 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 major decision. And if you're going in it like you're 14, I'd say you're normal. It's not a decision for you. They can't see around corners just like that baby. That's what my job is. As a parent, my one job out of two is to help you see around those corners. And I'll be doing that when you're 20, even when your brain's fully developed. You're still going to come back to me because you know that I love you more than anybody else. Everybody else has an agenda for you. My only agenda is you. What's best for you? We don't have very many people like that. We're lucky if we have two. We're blessed if we have one. A lot of people don't have to eat. So you talk to me about that. And I'm that person. And I'm going to see you around the corners. Your brain's not developed, so I'm going to do it a lot more right now. My second job is to love the out of you. Those are my only two jobs. You can't take my job yet.
I'm sitting around corners. And that's how I approach my child. It works. All right. That's perfect. And then that's an amazing analogy. The one-year-old in the pool. You know? It's true. It's, it, it's, and you, you tell your kids that it's not your fault. You're stupid. As an adolescent. It is what you are supposed, you're successful. If you think stupid at 14, you're right on track. And that may be the best thing for your body, like you're saying, but let's. let's it might be, and let's, but let's not, let's not take it where it, it needs to go. It's not life-saving. My words are very important, right? It's not life-saving. Words are very important. Well, thank you, Scott. You're amazing. Your story is very important. For me, there was a lot of things I didn't understand until my family was put in a situation where things were being decided that I didn't necessarily agree with because I didn't understand them. And somebody said to me, Do you, would you rather be right or would you rather have a relationship? True. And I, I thought, right, Daddy. And, and I thought, you know, and it wasn't even, it isn't even about being right. If you want to stop the medicalization of children, you cannot come to the argument with one part of society. Because if you come to the argument with one part of society, you leave it open for the bigot word to come in. When the bigot word comes in, it blows apart. But if you, and you see it on my website too, here's a transgender person, here's a gay person, here's a feminist, here's a conservative, here's a liberal, here's a Democrat, and, and so on down the road. And then you say, we have the whole circle around. It's one of the reasons why I say medical transitioning is not for kids. Sincerely, everyone, because when you have that whole circle around, there is no hole for that bigotry word to come in. When you remove that hole for bigotry, you have 10. When you have 10 minutes to talk to someone on a neutral basis without the word bigotry, no one comes away from it thinking that medically transitioning kids is about love and about acceptance. from experts in interviews find time to be with your kids and family i can help you get it done easily so premenopausal or postpartum all stages of womanhood girl we've got them i've been there i've done that too with a hearty mom podcast yeah i'm here for you